What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy with the Negotiating Life Podcast, and today we're talking about the first two steps to listening for true connection. I want to tell you about my family today, specifically about my marriage, and I want to give you one of the most common stated statements in the early parts of my marriage that I ever heard come from my wife. Ready for it? Here it is. I just want you to listen. I know there's a lot of dudes out there that are like, oh man, me too. Me too. I'm such a fixer. And I, I gotta be honest with you guys. It's not because I'm a fixer and I was always trying to fix things. So I was listening to her and then going, Ooh, but what if we do this? Or Ooh, it, it, it literally was because I wasn't listening. She, I was there. I was even sometimes staring at her. It was a blank stare, but I was staring at her and I truly just wasn't listening. And here's why, because so many times in my marriage, I was so busy waiting with my response that I never actually heard her. I never actually heard the content. I never actually heard the the desire, the the need. So I even if I was trying to fix, I was missing the point and I was fixing the wrong thing. Even if she needed to be it to be fixed. What she needed more than anything was to feel connected and to be heard, to be understood. And that is honestly, that is what I see happening in so many areas of life. We are constantly present without actually being present. We're in the room, but we're not present. We're looking in the eyes, but we're not there. We're hearing, but we're not listening. And this is why so many people don't connect. It's why you struggle to connect so often is that you're you're not present enough in the moment to see, hear, and truly understand, to truly listen. And when people don't feel heard, they don't feel understood, they don't feel connected to you. I mean, I see it constantly in the field. I see it constantly in business. Man, I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite things to do is get a Facebook message from someone who goes, hey, Jeremy, I saw your post about blah, 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 blah. And then they'll, they'll, they'll follow it up with like, man, that's, tell me about that. And so I will respond because they want to hear about me and I'll respond. And then I'll get a, a message back going, great. Hey, I was interested, wondering, are you interested in being a part of They weren't listening. They knew what they wanted to say to me before they ever asked the question. They were just looking for a reason to start the conversation. They don't really want to know about me. I see it in so many things. I see it on social media. I see it right now in our society where we're all yelling at each other, but nobody's listening. And I love what John Maxwell says. He's a great leadership. If you don't know John Maxwell, man, you got you to look up the, the dude. He is one of my, he's my mentor. And I've said this before. He's my mentor and he doesn't know it. I love what John Maxwell says. This man has spoken to tens of thousands of people all across the world. And he's had lots of times where he is in the crowd. He'll tell you that he likes to walk among the crowd all the time. So at his conferences, he doesn't come out from behind the stage. He actually sits in the front row and he steps up and he, and he, then he's out afterwards and he's, and he's there amongst the people. And he will say, I have people ask me questions all the time. And the truth is the minute the question starts, because I've been doing this for so many years, there's a good chance I have heard the question before, so I could answer. I could just stop them right there, put my hand up, and I could say, oh yeah, let me tell you, because I've heard the question before. So I know what the question is that's about to be asked. I think about that a lot of times with my own kids. 
There's a lot of things that are about to come like, hey, dad, I wanted to ask you about and I already know what they want to ask about. So I could stop them right there and be like, mm-hmm. or hey, dad, what do you think about mm-hmm. or my wife? Hey, I, let's talk about subject A. Oh, I already know what she feels about subject A. So I could interrupt right then and there and, and do it. And I have. But here's what John Maxwell says. He says, if I if I stop them, if I interrupt them and I answer their question, I may have answered their question, but I missed the person. And that person walks away feeling less valuable. They walk away feeling less connected to me. And therefore, I've lost the ability to truly influence their life. When we're negotiating through life, we have got to be strong listeners. So here's what I'm going to give you today. I'm going to give you two of my favorite active listening skills that we use. And you might have heard of these before, and that's great. You just The question you need to ask is, am I implementing these things? Am I actually putting them to work, or am I just going through the motions? Because the first one, I know you know it. But so many people don't actually put it to work. They just, it's, they're still not really present. So in our world, we call these more pies, but I'm going to give them to you two at a time in bite-sized chunks. Um, When I try and help people in their life as a negotiating life, we take a lot more time on this, but I just want to give them to you in bite-sized chunks today. And I'll maybe give you a little illustration of, of how these work in your life. The first one is of the, the M in more pies. We call it minimal encouragers. So if you want to become more present, if you want to become the person who's in the room and is actually paying attention, you can actually do some physical and some verbal things that not only allow the person who's sending you a message that's communicating with you, not only allow them to feel your listening, to know that you are listening, but they'll also force you to stay engaged because the last thing you want to do is what I've actually seen happen. So the first one is called minimal encouragers. What in the world is a minimal encourager? Well, before I give you that, let me tell you the rule to true connection and true listening. Curiosity. I will always come back to curiosity. I I say this a lot joking around that the difference between a normal street cop that you would see like in a movie, the difference between him or her and a negotiator is that when a street cop sees a guy with a gun, what do we all know they're about to say? Put down the gun, put down the gun. Hey, set down that gun. I'm telling you right now, I put down the gun. We're going to order them and tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them things to do. When a negotiator arrives on the scene, the first thing they will do is ask a question. They'll get curious. Sir, do you want to put down the gun right now? Sir, why are you holding the gun? What happened today that that made you come to this place with that gun? So in order for you to put any of these things to work, you have to become less concerned with what you want to happen and more concerned about understanding and curiosity. Concern for yourself diminishes and curiosity about the other person has to increase. That's, before we even go any further, you got to know that. You cannot, you cannot win in connecting. You cannot win in listening if you're not curious. So you've got to be curious. And here's the signs of curiosity. Minimal encouragers. What's a minimal encourager? A minimal encourager is something very small that you do, whether it's with your, with your mouth, your words, your voice, or with your body language 
that encourages someone to continue to tell you more. Do you hear that? It's an encourager for them to tell you more, to continue. It says, I'm here. I'm listening. Oh, I heard that. Now tell me more without ever even asking the next question. So encouragers are oftentimes things like, oh, uh uh-huh. Wow. Really? Hmm. Ah. They're those small little encouraging breaths that say, oh, I just heard that. Oh, that was interesting to me. Oh, wow. I'd love to know more about that. They're the nod of the head that says, yes. They're the raise of the eyebrow that says, wow, really? They're the, the lowering of the eyes, the curving of the mouth that says, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. It's how you turn your head from one side to the other to go, ooh, really? Like, I'm taking note. It's when you lean in for a second because you want to hear more about that. These are things that you you may not... At first, they may seem really weird, like, Jeremy, really? You're telling me that what I need to start doing is, like, posturing my body and being so aware of my body? I'll never hear a thing they say. They actually will come natural to you as you can, as you become curious. Because as you're listening to someone and they say something that actually stands out, your body's going to respond. If you're truly present in the moment, yeah, it's going to take some practice. It's going to take some time, but it, it, with your truly present and truly in the moment, you will naturally begin to do these things. You'll naturally be, okay, hmm, really? It'll become very, because you will be engaged. Think about it. Think about a book that you've read. Think about the conversations you've had in your head. I just told my wife the other day, I said, oh my gosh, I do this to myself all the time. I'll actually be having a conversation in my own head when no one's around. I'm cleaning the counters or doing something around the house and I'll, and I'll think of something that someone said and I'll smile because when I'm engaged, even in the thoughts of my mind of what they said, it makes me smile or someone said something that was so rude to me. It, did, it just recently happened and I found myself cringing. Like in the, like just, just listening to what they said to me in my mind, it caused me to cringe. So you do these things naturally. You just need to become conscious of them so that, that you can become more competent in them and it will become an unconscious competence because as you practice them, they'll become natural to become habitual to you. And so the first one is minimal encouragers. And I mean, you got to be careful. And this one, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not aware You've seen all the videos, you've seen the YouTube stuff, you've seen the commercials, you've seen it in movies where there's the the person on the couch that's hearing the story from somebody else and they're going, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, okay, mm, okay, yeah, all right, sounds good. And the person on the other side just told them they lost their job. So you gotta be really aware, you need to hear because if your minimal encouragers don't match up to what's being shared with you, you're actually maximally discouraging. You're maximizing discouragement if your minimal encouragers don't line up with the conversation. So number one, minimal encouragers. I want you to practice that today. I want you to practice that. I want you to sit down with with a friend. I want you to sit down with uh, your spouse and I want you to ask a question, maybe the simplest question. Tell me about your day. And then I don't want you to do anything else but be present with that person and listen and listen for opportunities for you to respond that will encourage them to tell you more. Mm -hmm. really wow so that's number one number two more oh m 
O, open-ended questions. This is one of my favorite things. I probably should spend an entire entire episode on just open-ended questions. I'll give you some here. If, if I'll, I will write it down right now. I will give you some of my favorite open-ended questions. And, and I'll make sure I post that in, in the, the, in the notes for this one and for the next one when we talk about R and E, but open-ended questions are my favorite. Do you know, this is what I do this with my kids all the time. I was driving my son to football practice consistently, my youngest one. And I found that if I didn't start the conversation, he would just sit and listen to his headphones or he would be on his phone and he wouldn't, he wouldn't engage necessarily. We wouldn't have a real conversation. And so I had to figure out a way. I'm like, I want, this is a chance for me to connect. We drive to and from practice three days a week. This is a chance for me to connect. It's a 20 minute drive. We got 20 minutes that I can learn more and I can, we can become closer. And so I began to ask him questions, but I didn't just ask him, did you have a good day at school? See, that's a closed off question. What does that question require? It is a 50%, one of two responses, uh, maybe three if you really got one that doesn't want to talk to you. It's yes, no, or I don't know, or it was fine. Eh, like it doesn't give you anything more that you can build on. It doesn't give you anything more that you can, are you excited about practice today? No. Are you hungry? Right? Like there's, there, there's nothing that you can build on a closed off question. So closed off questions are questions that don't allow for an elaborate response. Don't allow for you to go deeper and to learn more. Remember curiosity. I want to know. I am nosy with my kids, but I'm not nosy in a way that it's like I'm digging into their journal. I'm nosy in a way that says, I value you so much. I want to know about you. And so an open-ended question would be, Hey, tell me a little bit about what happened in science today. Like, what did you guys talk about in science? See what I did there? I was specific. I didn't say, tell me about what happened at school today. Cause you know what the answer from a young person is when it says what happened at school today? That one is, I don't know, dad, I went to school. Tell me something you learned in science. We learned this from a teacher early, early on that, that we were struggling to find out what they were doing. We, would, we were encouraged by this teacher who's a great teacher who said, ask your student one new thing they learned throughout the day. And that was when they were in one class. And so every day I would ask him, hey, hey Connor, what's one thing you learned today? Just one thing that you learned today. Oh, really? And we'll go, we'll go into more about that in a second. But so open-ended questions are, tell me, hey, what did you guys talk about in science today? Or, hey, what, what are you most concerned about when it comes to this upcoming game? I know you got a big game this week. What are you most concerned about? What are you most excited about? My favorite word to start any question is what, what? There's something powerful about the word what. A lot of people like the word why, um, but here's the truth about the word why. Why is a very difficult, if you read Simon Sinek's book, um, it's the follow-up from Start With Why. He wrote a great book called Start With Why because you have to dig into a person's why in their life. Man, you have to. As a negotiator, when you're negotiating life, your own self, as you're negotiating yourself through life, you have got to dig into why am I doing this? What's driving me? See, I just went to what. And Simon Sinek teaches that in his second book, Find Your Why, the follow-up to What's Your Why, or, or excuse me, start with why. He teaches that why is a difficult word to answer because it, it's, it actually processes on a different part of the brain. But what is, is more specific? What is more tangible? And so 
if you start your question with what, so what are you most excited about for this weekend's game versus why are you excited? Well, because I like football. But what are you most excited about? Oh, we've been working on this new play and I'm really pumped that I get to do this one thing and it will go, I mean, I watched it happen. So asking questions of of what are open-ended questions. Asking questions of why are open-ended questions. Even asking questions of who lead to better questions. Where, what, who, why. These these are the way to start open-ended questions that allow you to connect. What about so when you're in business and you're and you're finding that next client or that next person that's going to be your customer and they tell you they're looking for a red car. What do you love about red cars? Just connect. Discover. Because what they're going to tell you is, oh, I just love that sporty feel. Oh, so they're not just looking for a red car. They're looking for a sports car. See, we connect when we, when we listen for curiosity to understand more. And then those open-ended questions do that. Whereas if I said, oh, you like red cars? Yes. Yes, I do. And now where do we go from here? So asking open-ended questions and then following those up with more open-ended questions. And here are my favorite open-ended questions that, that you can follow up with. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. That is like my, that is like my go-to. Oh, really? Tell me more about that. Can you explain a little bit of that to me? Or would you explain some of that to me? Digging in. I have learned that to get to the heart of what's going on in a person, it takes three why type questions. And I say why type because I just told you don't use why. It takes three why type questions. What brought you to the bridge today? I'm just, I'm just upset about life. Tell me a little bit about that. What parts of your life are really frustrating you right now or upsetting you? What parts are upsetting you? Well, there's this. There, it's, just, it's just life, okay? What areas of your life are upsetting you? And then they begin to go three times and we finally get to the heart. All of these things require curiosity. All of these things desire us, have it cause us to, force us, excuse me, to have a desire to connect. You have to have a desire to connect or your minimal encouragers will be, will be maximizing discouragement and your questions will not lead to depth or learning. They'll lead to shutting things down. So we, we connect with people and we listen first through minimal encouragers and second through open-ended questions. And like I said on our, on our next episode, I'm going to give you two more. Plus, I'll make sure that I give you a way for you to get some open-ended questions you can use with your family or anywhere else in your life. So I hope that you'll join me next time as we go into the, the R and the E of more pies as it relates to truly learning to listen to people. Have a good one. Hey guys, if you love listening to the Negotiating for Life podcast, I would encourage you to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and let's connect on Facebook. You'll find me on Facebook, Jeremy Nix. 